sorry. Enjoy <laughs> What was that, Matt? What was that? Benjole. Hold on, hold on, hold on. It's the second word. Hold on, hold on. Benjole. I can't roll my R's. El Papa. El podcast. Papa Filia. El. El Pure Intelligente Genial Podcast del Intero YouTube. Val Pala. Matt Visual. Uggy Suno. No, you're you're committed. You got You're doing it. You're halfway there. OG is Sona Compagni del Magnifico Ed Unico. Unico? Sto misto. Elegente Liam Edwards. Just the American accent kicks in. Chi sono i papa? Chi sono i figli? Last last I don't know how to roll the R's. Welcome to the. Oh my God! Edit that. Make me look good. No, that was no, no. That was there is no way. Perfect. I have bad news for you, friend. <laughs> Here in no. the Dad and Sons podcast, we can't edit ourselves. <laughs> we don't even know if what anyone thought I was off. an idiot. This, this is this is where I would agree. With. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay to be dyslexic in Italian, Matt. You are an Italian. I'm looking I, I'm at just it and I just drooling can't. on my mouse pad. <laughs> this is like school all over again <laughs> in front of oh the class. My- God. Stand up and repeat the Italian, Matt. Stand up and repeat the Italian. <laughs> the words keep swimming around the page, man. <laughs> I can't do it, man. Oh. Oh, this is <laughs> this is the kind of three minutes of 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 nothing guff that we love. To, to forcibly shove into your ears here at the Dad and Sons podcast. I I pa- apologize. Papa Efigli, Papa Efigli might be my favorite pa- so far. My, my correction, Papa Efigli <laughs> pad pat podcasto. Wait, what was the word? What? Which pa- one? Uh, podcast. The, the pop Papa Efigli. No podcast. Like it's it's a universal homonym. I've, yeah. I've noticed that in all of the attempts, the failed attempts we've made, it you know bringing some culture and and some um like like we're at this point continental really George uh, sophistication to the podcast. To yes, be, yes. To be fair, to be fair, you have you have truly cursed us for eternity with that German intro because my God, we're never ever gonna be allowed to stop this now. Considering the amount I, I, of suggestions and emails, I we've like had. them. Oh I, my god! I wish you could see my like shit-eating grin right now. <laughs> I look like I'm from the first thirty minutes of a platinum game. <laughs> Matt has just like curled himself into a ball. I wish I had more time to practice instead of <laughs> ten minutes before the podcast. <laughs>
<laughs> that's what I've been telling people. You, you need to pretend to be confident. That way people don't know that you're really, like, scared deep down on the inside. Well, it's, <laughs> it's George's turn next week, so... My God, oh, yeah, bring on your suggestions. <laughs> bring them on. Woo. So uh, speaking of us being idiots, we have some dire corrections <laughs> that need to be made. Dire? Don't Absolutely. Dire? Very important stuff. Don't I, let I, them win, I, George. I believe that last week <clears throat> we were talking about these very important, very specific, very necessary features of new TVs that have completely <laughs> obsoleted the old technology. And um, though though it was my first time seriously engaging with this, it uh, I, I I will admit that I I, I uh, was fully aware that HDR TVs could not possibly mean the same thing as, as HDR in the Lost Coast from two thousand four. And my guess was that it was trying to do a lot of that stuff from the hardware level. The thing is, the pixels that are dark on HD TVs do actually like electronically turn off at the hardware level, thus giving you a greater level of blacks. I have since uh, recused myself, um, um, watched some video demonstrations of HDR TVs to learn the technology and how it really works, and. I still don't fucking get it. it. It looks like they just bumped the contrast up. Although we got so many suggestions, we fucked up so royally that <clears throat> after we got emails about it, I went to do some research to like correct myself, and I ended up stumbling across a thread where they were talking about HDR, and one of the comments was, they spoke about this in the most recent Dad and Sons episode, and they got it all wrong. So it seems no matter where, everyone is complaining about us talking about it last week. And, and it's the way they do the marketing to make it seem that way. It, 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 they want you to be confused so you can buy it like, oh, it's the new thing. So when it is something actually good, it, 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 like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. As long as it's new, people are going to buy it. I mean, I still like consider it a very iterative upgrade. I mean, it makes sense that this stuff would eventually happen to me. It doesn't necessarily surprise me that it's cropping up now. I mean, 4K, they're doubling the resolutions from, from 1K, which I guess is what we can call HDTV now. Because, okay, well, when, when they were first rolling out HDTVs, HD ready meant you got 720p. Full HD means you get 1080p. Nowadays, you got Ultra, Ultra. HD, which can mean 2K or 4K. Which is a huge uh, it, margin of gaps. There's it's, there's it's a lot of pixels between those. It's 4K. Okay, so Ultra so 4K. yeah, in terms of TVs anyway. But with regards to HDR, I was reading some um, news this week and how like the PS4 version of Witcher Three got patched to include HDR, and I'm thinking, I'm wondering. For, for the people who also do know more about this stuff than us, who might be willing to spend hundreds of dollars on new TVs that are incrementally better than the old ones, does HDR affect the performance of your game? And if so, can you turn it off? And if so, do you go in an options menu, see an option for HDR with the flag to turn it off or on? No. And how no, do you no, differentiate no, 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 that no. from the stuff at the software no. level? I think... Okay. Well, I was super wrong last week, but in terms of what you just said, obviously the TV can't give any more CPU power to whatever is running it. So it's more like you can choose, like in God of War, you can choose a performance mode or you can choose, what what do they call the other one? Like the, the cinematic mode or something where something will look, will be upscaled higher maybe to a higher resolution, like 4K, and then will display in 4K on the TV or 
you can get a higher frame rate or better performance with less frame rate drops if you don't upscale. And a lot of games have this well, performance. No, no, I'm not talking about upscaling. I'm talking about HDR. Yeah, but you 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 said, does your TV make your game perform better? And that's impossible. No, no, no. I, I asked if, if turning on the HDMR in the Witcher 3 patch that they rolled out affects the performance, because at that point, if this thing's happening by a game-by-game -game basis, then that means it's like not, the, the, the TV is not dynamically looking at the blacks of every single image being processed out to it and darkening its pixels uh, in accordance with how dark the, the image of the the, the frame is coming to it. It means that there's something going on in the console that's processing yeah. more data per frame. Yeah, well, the TV can only just enable the picture. It, it, it's the console that has to display... It's the console that has to make the image. Like, the TV just has the capability of accepting the output signal from the console. So if the console has, like... Like, the Xbox One, I know, has the HDR mode or something. Like, you have to turn it on in the options. And then once you have the HDR mode, if you have a TV that enables HDR to be displayed, then that's what happens. So it comes from and the console. Does that hit your frame rate? It will do if, may say, you're using like, not the Xbox <laughs> One X. So or. here is my problem, and what I hate about the current year is that it, it seems like the tech industry has run out of names for things. We're we're a year after Battlefield One came out, which which was a year, a couple years after Tomb Raider came out. Which um, was just a few years before Star Wars Battlefront 2 came out. And if you go into a video game options menu in literally any year for the past year, since so like 2004, there'll be a little HDR switch that you can flip on or off. So what happens when a console game with HDR features going to your TV may or may not enable you to enable this feature... And, and you're George, and you're just confused and scared and running around being wrong about things. What, what, what do you do then? It's like, obviously technology evolves, and we have this weird linearity curve where, you know, things have gotten super good. But in terms of, like, where we're at now, there, there is a reason we have the PlayStation 4 Pro and the Xbox One X. It's because... TVs can enable you to have this HDR picture upscaling to 4K, and I don't, I'm not 100% sure whether the PlayStation 4 and the standard Xbox One can upscale to 4K. I think they can, but the performance takes a massive hit, I think. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm wading into the territory, because after all the comments we got last week, I'm afraid to touch this fucking hot potato. Oh, I'm, just, I'm afraid to touch the these products. In, just, just do it. You're suspiciously quiet, Matt. Oh, oh, oh! I'm, I'm. <laughs> After your I'm drawing my words. Intro. Like, exactly. The thing is, I listen to some other podcasts and I watch them get get things wrong, oh, like bad, like not not even right, like like really bad. They talk about like graphics cards and building. I was like, man, I do this stuff all day. What are these guys talking about? Like, how do you how do you play games on PC if you don't know what's? All right, <laughs> but yeah, like um, I don't know. When it comes down to HDR, 
I, I just feel it's just the new just the new thing it's just like the new thing like I don't know you, you may it's gonna be in every TV like I said last week it's gonna yeah. be in every TV even the cheap ones like I've seen cheap ass TVs with HDR in it like I don't know I need to see the the difference because I don't see the difference between this cheap TV that has HDR and that TV. The only TV that has ever blown me away that I've seen on display has been an OLED. It was a 1080p OLED fresh out the box. And oh my God, it looked better than the 4K TVs, the, the, the QLEDs, which is like uh, Samsung's answer to OLED because OLED eventually um, dies. Um, you know, it doesn't look as good after a couple years. If you um, run a TV man, company and want us to do some thorough tests, we are willing to yes. accept TVs. Send an so, OLED. I would love yeah. LG to send me a wallpaper TV. OLED. I was going Just through some it. of uh, the like third-party VR headsets, the Windows Mixed Reality Lite. The Samsung one uses an OLED screen, and I believe that's what they switched to for the Vive Pro. And it's gotten very high marks for going OLED over... LED. I, I wonder what the PSVR uses, because the PSVR screen gives you some ghosting. The LCD screens in VR sometimes give you a straight up like motion blur effect. So the, 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 the OLED, one that, the only well, one that, I don't that, understand. You want for the TV. I don't understand what happens particularly, but I did watch a breakdown once that did kind of blew me away a little bit of the difference between like 4K without HDR on and 4K with HDR on, and it was like it was a standard. I think it was Forza. And it was like the whatever the latest Forza is. And it was like, if you're looking at the sky and the horizon in 4K without... Wow, that's a pun. As in the horizon of the sky, not the game. But if you're looking at the horizon in the non-HDR like mode, it just obviously looks blue. And it's just the sky is blue. But then when, when you turn HDR on... It changes the light density of the blue, so the horizon looks a lot lighter, and then it's kind of like white to the blue of when you look up towards the sky. So like the oh blue God. colors would change. Boop, 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 boop. Like it's they the next generation. They can flick the <laughs> density of the light between you know I don't know zero to one hundred percent or whatever, and the game tells yeah. you whatever it should be but like I, that's I it have... we should stop talking about this because we're obviously misinformed no, completely no, the thing is the thing is is that our opinion has not changed it doesn't matter if we had more information we still do not care <laughs> well i still I, want I, I, I have two questions i still want one <laughs> the, the send your tvs why why can't this stuff be like simulated or handled at the software level for people who don't want to buy hundreds of dollars of new technology because your tv can't like, oh. show the image it's, it's it's like asking like a 1080p monitor to display like 2140 or something. It's it, you can super sample and turn on anti-aliasing. But some TVs can't. You can't enable. HDR is a thing with the pixel in the TV. PC instead. Some pixels you aren't think... built to. It's like as I was explaining with the the blue. Like the the blue pixels will have like. I don't know. Like a like a zero to one hundred percent of how much the shade of blue they show. So some TVs can't do that. It can't do it at a software level. I can level. go in my NVIDIA control panel and turn a filter on that makes everything look like it was sketched rotoscoped into an AHA music video from 1980X. Can your HDR 4K TV do that? Hey. 
Well, it could if it was playing the same thing, because that's a GPU shader. That's what I mean. Like, if if the if the sky but the in HDR Forza is, is like too a blue for you, is a is a you, you can't emulate. Okay, the, this feels like such a AAA thing. It yeah. just feels like such a like a high grade thing. Like it's like oh HDR. Like like you're Liam. Do you think HDR an HDR setting in minute is? Do you think that would have changed the game for you? <laughs> no. That, those glasses like, no. would be a lot no, no. more black. Like, no, we're, it no, no. <laughs> we're being stupid if we, if we say Most of the like screen that. would be far darker and kind of hard to see. Okay, the, the other question <laughs> I have that, like, as to my retrospective confusion over this thing, like, HDR is a term from 2004 that has mm. since grown in ubiquity for lighting effects in a lot of games that are purely handled on the software level. When I saw this thing pop up uh, underneath the names of TVs, I was like, wait a minute. Wait a minute, that term. Um, but also, the whole contest of like chasing after greater color depth and color diversity, I feel like that was a contest we permanently won and should have been forgetting about since 1997. Once, like, the 32-bit generation was able to display 6 million colors compared to the 64 of the previous one, what? how many colors have we not been seeing this whole time in our lives? The vast majority of my lifetime has been spent not worrying about the amount of colors a console can output. This feels like a term from, like, 90s console wars coming back to haunt me. Much less, like, early Audi's, um, um, graphic engine race terms. I mean... I, I don't know. I, I, I just want one. I, I want to I wanna just... I want to be that guy, and I want to sit back, and I want to have, like, God of War blown up like on an 18 inch tv in front of my face oh that's right god of war that, you're you're real real excited for that still yeah i know weirdly yeah. enough yeah yeah i mean a lot of positive reviews have oh, yes. come out since the last uh a papa of figly wait no figly was the what's no you're right who's the figly pa and who's the son hey no, no figlies are sons wow yeah, I thought Figlies would be fathers because of the F, but that's an important correction we need to issue here at the Dad and Sons podcast. Uh, it's important that uh, tra train wreck in Italian is just train wreck. Well, there you really? go. Perfect. Our Italian is train wreckily perfect. Train wreckily. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if I'm gonna. I I was thinking about it. Buying a PS4 just to play God of War, and I'm like, man. That is like four hundred dollars. Then you can get more on the map uh, that I do not want to spend, but I really want to play it. Well, I, really I pre-ordered it, it uh, auto downloaded I'm, I'm it, and I am wait. ready. I'm ready. Mm. You're you're gonna have to tell me how it is next week. I will. Then and I will four tell weeks you from the later. perspective of someone who has never played a God of War game but the first. Is it in VR? <laughs> it better be. <laughs> Liam just cracked. <laughs> I'm, I'm, whatever the Italian is for I'm fucking done, give it to me now. <laughs> oh, I hear that keyboard. <laughs> Whoa, that's a big one. Sono il foto dimiti finito. I'm fucking done. Sono futuramente finto.
Finito. 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 All right. Bye, everyone. That was the Dad and Sons podcast, bah, number nineteen. We should probably do twenty-minute, twenty-minute episodes, nice and quick, you know, starting this week. Minutes, butchering someone else's language. <laughs> <laughs>Never mind, scratch that. We're actually back. Okay, Liam, you're 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 genuinely looking forward to uh, playing God of War, as as informed by I believe marketing materials, um, also, trusted reviews, also um, titled, subtitled, puppy subtitled, dad and son, and and thematics. Yes, dad, yes. Dad you're you're into father son relationships. Is as our game. Wow. It's our as, game. As, as are many highly reviewed games over the, the past, like, let's see, when did, let's say six years. Uh, two Brothers? The Tale of Two Brothers? That's, that, no, two brothers. that's no Papa and Shannon, though, is it? It's no Dad and that's, Son. Wait, I think there is a dad sons dying at the, the beginning of the game, and, and you're supposed to feel bad, because you're like, that's a real <laughs> thing. I relate to that. I forgot about the dad. The same George. <laughs> Or. Okay, so so I I want to say sorry, sorry, sorry. Before I shit on Matt's bed, let me let me let him let his don't out. Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> oh no no, go ahead, go ahead, George. No no, you were about to say something, dude. A little bit already came out your ass. All right, it's already no, gonna no. hit the bed. So let's, please let's please please going. please continue. Let's um. <laughs> no 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 you no you. Let's let's go, <laughs> Okay, so I. I I hate to sound like an entitled asshole about it, but I really don't know if I trust these, like, huge blitzes of perfect 10 out of 10s that come out for some game every single year, if not twice a year at this point. Because I... I, I feel like halfway through the 7th gen, or towards the end of the 7th gen, rather, like, standards for reviews got really low all of a sudden yeah and and that games that market themselves as more mature and artsy games can oftentimes have a far easier time achieving them without necessarily maturing the medium in a way that maybe adam sessler thought when he gave bioshock infinite his round of 10 out of 10 saying that it would be a game lionized for a long long time i i I didn't think Infinite was that great. I thought The Last of Us was, like, only okay. I mean, I went through my, my spiel about Breath of the Wild, and when I think of a 10 out of 10, I, I think of things that are, like, usually elegant, things that, like, strip down all their mechanics to just, like, the most perfect sublime ones instead of a lot of 10 out of 10s that have been, like, really bloated, messy, poorly paced uh, uh, Oscar bait. Like, a 10 out of 10 in my book is, uh, like, Metal Gear Solid 3, maybe Silent Hill 2. Um, as of recent years, oh, God, I don't know if I want a super hot VR. Uh, uh, ooh, I, I ooh, would tickle ooh. super hot VR in its current state. It launched without those endless arcade modes. Now it's a, like, fantastic full package. It's still, like, a $25 fantastic full package. But for what it is, it is sublime. There's, like, no extraneous stuff in that game. The aesthetic is chiseled down to, to elegant beauty. The mechanics are. And and I'm wondering if I'm going to end up feeling a lot of the same cognitive dissonance 
when I eventually, I'm sure as I eventually will go through God of War. The, that, that is the 2008 uh, reboot, not to be confused with uh, God of War 2004. You know, back when HDR was, was the hot new thing, and consoles were just trying to emulate it with uh, their, their shitty bloom effects. <laughs> if, um, we um, get correction, correction, 2005, 2005. I don't know, like... I would give... I, I like, guess, it, it depends on... I guess you have a different taste, George. Uh, evidently, yeah. You know, I, don't, I, think I, it, I wouldn't say that last, like, Last of Us is, like, Oscar-worthy or anything like that, but it, it definitely pushes the bar on, like, story. Really? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Compared to other stuff? Really? I mean, we get a lot of garbage game stories, you know? This we get like, a lot of I garbage say, like, it's like the, the best. Last of Us. I mean, it's like Ladder of the Game. But it has nothing to do with the story. The story was at least like enjoyable. Okay, right. so let's I, I for the sake for the sake the... of an experiment, right. how right. would we mm. how would we fix ten out of tens though? Because when you look at The Last of Us, how can you give a ten out of ten if it's only pushing story when the gameplay is garbage? It's yeah. awful. Yeah. It's so then you're buying a sixty well. You're uh, uh, like an $80 game or whatever. I don't know. $60 game. There's ludonarrative dissonance. And it, well, it's not even that. It's just like the AI <laughs> is terrible. Like you're talking about story and you're trying to push for this really emotional story and have this uh, really heartbreaking partnership between two people. And then you get into the gameplay and the AI is just running around in front of the enemies and the enemies don't notice mm. the AI. And it's just like immediately immediately pulls you out of the game and the immersion is broken it's like how can you defend trying to keep that emotional thing while also having very subpar gameplay that can get incredibly frustrating and i know there are a lot of people who love the last of us that's totally fine i am i've been drinking with the guy who made it and i told him it was rubbish but irrespective 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 of that how how do we mm. judge games? Do we judge them on mm. what they push forward, or do we judge them on being all-rounders? I, I or... have a candidate. I would totally consider Bayonetta 1 a modern 10 out of 10 in my book. I would give Bayonetta a... 1 a 10 out of 10, but then Bayonetta's really? story is disgustingly terrible. So it's you like, think so? I think it's like fun. No, no, it's it's bad. It's it's so, and yeah, I love like, Bayonetta. It's like a celebratory video game garbage, and that's the whole like but that, exercise but of Bayonetta. Does it excuse it for being garbage? What's wrong with trying? It's, it's no, I think it does. So you're saying that story and gameplay should be the you know together or no, no, I, no. I, I think there the should thing. be a marriage how, of how them. Yeah. We, how do we? measure like we often we you know a movie can only stimulate us so much visually and audibly maybe it's you know cinematography ties into visuals and there are the, your eyes and your ears but when you play games like you can have a game like um celeste for example where the story is very yeah. minimal it does have a impactful story for some people because of the uh you know the the narrative it takes but ultimately the story is nothing there is the, the soundtrack is okay uh, but the gameplay, the feel of the gameplay is mm. so good that to me, like Celeste, in terms of like gameplay feel and design, is a ten out of ten. But would I give it a ten I out of ten? A... I don't know. 
I don't. I don't think I, have I would. Another candidate, and and that is uh, Portal One or Two, depending on how much you care about story. Because I feel like Portal One is also like chiseled, sublime perfection, boiled down to a perfect marriage between the two. And that's like that's what really gets me going is when those two halves of the audiovisual interactive experience both complement each other one on another. Like I or, or it. it or if I just don't even notice any kind of conflicts or dissonance with the story. Like, I wouldn't... This is why I love Superhot so much. It's borderline storyless, because they know, just like Super Smash Brothers, that they really shouldn't even be focusing on that. But then that's another thing. It's like, if we go on hours, like a game re- keeping your attention for so long. Like, I've played like 300 hours of Super Smash Brothers 4, and I would give that game maybe, you know, an 8 out of 10. But, you know, it's probably one of my most played games. And on the flip side of what you just said, like, I think Portal pushed, like, The Last of Us did, like, f- us as a gaming industry forward. But I don't think Portal is a masterpiece at all. I think Paul is two. a pretty d- okay game, but in terms of like aesthetically, it's really boring to look at. And if you don't like puzzle games, there's not much else really in it for you, you know. I don't like puzzle games. I like first-person shooters, and I loved Portal for those reasons. It was like a marriage of two disparate genres and disparate I... styles. Liam, you're getting really close to that edge, man. I know. Really close to that edge. Someone's gonna push me. me and back up. Like, like you were Someone's mentioning gonna push me. how <laughs> there, you you were mentioning it might be me. You were mentioning that there might be a need to try to attempt to tell better stories and and at least like try to smarten things up. I think that what Superhot and Portal show are a smart, very smart, intelligently informed decision to not try that when it's not appropriate to. See, I, f- I feel you're right, and I feel like games like Portal, where you almost subconsciously digest the narrative without it being shoved in your face, is a really fucking amazing way of integrating story yeah, into games. And I, I, I actually it prefer really, it that way. But I think it's sophomoric, immature, and pretentious a lot of times when games try to shove a highbrow story into a lowbrow But your like, favorite gameplay. series is Metal Gear. Yeah, and I was also like, what, nine <laughs> when I was first exposed to it? I will admit that it's some ultimate. convoluted, stupid garbage bullshit that gets incredibly overrated nowadays because of um, it happening to do a lot of things first before other better writers came along. But it's also just good fun. And you got to remember, I come from the school of I really fucking like Nintendo games and no Nintendo game has a good story. Like, fucking zero. So what about Paper Mario. And Paper Mario no, like is no. is good. It's an okay it's story, but it's not like a masterpiece, is it? It's not like well, I know inve- but... like the most inventive storytelling ever. It's it's pretty damn I... good for an RPG and a Mario game. That's what, what I'm Super looking Mario for. Super Mario RPG. It was also funny. Yeah, they're all they, funny. They got like good the... writing when yeah. when they hire out for it. Good mm-hmm. writing doesn't equal good story though. Mm. Now you're just getting into the semantics of it. But this well, is the, no, this I don't. I still kind of see what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the whole point of the conversation, right? It's like if you look at a game like Bayonetta, it's like I think the story is pretty rubbish. It's it's like Japanese action PS2 level story. And but with I like think some it's of the an adorable homage action, to exactly that. But it's with yeah, but that doesn't a homage doesn't like excuse it from being bad. 
Like, I don't think but it's the bad. I think it's well like, informed, and the, the they did their research. The they like pulled from Dante's Inferno for all these angel monsters that actually like have referential basis in in old religious propaganda. Yeah, but this character design that's like aesthetically amazing, like and changes the gameplay up. Whereas it, it has real no bearing on the story. It's just like. Okay, sure, they look like angels. It doesn't really have anything to do other than the witches and the angels fighting each other. But, you know, Bayonetta has, like, the best fucking gameplay of, like, modern time. So, it's hard to, I don't know, understand what categorizes something as a 10 out of 10. Like, when you're playing a game and the story, like The Last of Us, is amazing, do you give it a 10 out of 10 even though it's meant to be a game? And then this whole goes into the whole people who shit over games like Firewatch and um, What Remains of Edith Finch or something like that, that are predominantly narrative storytelling with very minimal gameplay. And that has been an argument that is well is a well-treaden road. Uh, so it's hard. It's hard. But I don't know how you can fix it either. I uh, think that... Bit. All Naughty Dog games gameplay suck. Yes, I agree. Oh, oh no! You don't like pointing and clicking on bad guys from chest high walls of cover that you press one button to stick to and just kind of wait for the game to the, the bad guys to expose themselves so you can point and click on them and that's what you don't like when and, there's like 15 and enemies it, and they're shooting at you and all you can see is white trails of where the bullets came and the animation <laughs> stays there for like 30 seconds and your screen is just full of white trails. I hate that. And this is coming from someone who loves pretty much most of their uh, their games that they've come out in the last few years. Like, I love me some Uncharted. I I love me some Drake. Yeah, but but ten out of tens. You're you're not a real game reviewer until you know how to respond. Okay, first first way to fix ten out of tens is to put a lot of like jelly on that button. A lot of uh, crust that button up. Make it real hard to smack so that way when a reviewer is halfway down pressing the button they have a lot of time to think if they want to release before actually making the connection. I, I feel like they should be rarer by default. There should be like one 10 out of 10 handed out by a publication like every two years and they should think long and hard if they want to give it. Because if they do give out a lot of 10 out of 10s, as has been happening for the past six years, then that means standards should be raised to the point where they become rare again. Because now the bottom line for being a normal mediocre game has been raised so much to, after seeing these 10 out of 10s that it should okay, okay. cause okay, everyone so tolerance. What is, what is a modern 10 out of 10 that is not a 9 out of 10 then, but it is like a mediocre 7 out of 10? Like well, to back up see, that I argument. Gave Bayonetta. Let's see. I'm going to go to Metacritic Doom. and sort Doom 2016 because Doom 2016, I still think has uh good pacing issues doom best game sort by score you know mario odyssey got a lot of good vibes and i didn't start feeling them until halfway through i wouldn't say mario odyssey campaign. is a 10 out of 10 but i definitely say it's like a 9 out of 10 we're talking about like mediocre like something that is like a, has been scored 10 out of 10 but is definitely like a 7 at most uh, I mean, I don't know if Infinite goes down that far, but I really was not impressed. See, Infinite. <laughs> I Infinite was thoroughly is a not impressed by Infinite until the last level, and then Infinite just becomes a very terrible game. Like that last I level it, 
is awful. Had interesting level designs, but a story and, and gunplay were completely wasted on them, and that the actual gunplay itself was some boring-ass point-and-click on bad guys popping out of cover. It, it was very non-engaging stuff. It's better than, like, but like comparing it to, like, another 10 out of 10 game, which supposedly is, like, Uncharted 4, the gameplay is a lot more variable in, uh, in Bioshock Infinite with all the different powers and is essentially has the same point-and-click on bad guy's head thing. Mm, a lot of people would probably argue over the quality of Journey. I fucking love Journey. I think it's fine, mm -hmm. but I know it makes a lot of people. They might there's there's probably people who could make valid, convincing cases for Journey being an overrated game that that could be compellingly argued as a seven out of ten game. Hmm. Hmm. Let's see. Let's see. I'm going through the years on Metacritic. 2014. What scored really highly? <laughs> Dark Souls Two did. Uh, Smash 4, Last of Us, GTA 5. GTA 5 has some real bad missions in it every now and then. <laughs> no offense, yeah. Liam, no offense. It, it, no it's, offense that's taken. very true. It's probably one of the worst GTAs I've played. I've, I, I, dude, don't I fucking know it. I had to play that game four, more times though. than any game I'll ever play in my life. I know, that, I know what's bad about that game. I grew up playing these games, and I, I had to, like, push through some of these missions man like especially some of the tre oh, the trevor missions god steve Ogg, i like you in the walking dead but i do not like you in the <laughs> the pc version of san andreas is a sublime 10 out of 10 video game i can't call it a modern 10 out of 10 but it's one of my favorite games of all time but not if i play either of the console versions of that <laughs> but i i just miss how much more um fast and responsive your characters controlled in GTA before they tried this whole euphoria smart ragdoll stuff that, that has you like giving your characters suggestions instead of real inputs uh Shovel Knight scored very highly in 2014 no no Shovel Knight is, is, is definitely a 9 out of 10 at the very least I, I can't talk shit about Shovel Knight either yeah, Owlboy on the other hand Owl boy. I think that, that, got like, sure. that got like 95 on like Metacritic at one point. I 91. think that's, mm -hmm. that's, it, that's it's like, down to 91 that's now. That's like but max got... 7.5. I think Owlboy is actually a good example because people turned around on that one real quickly. Like Owlboy is a lot of first impressions in pixel art. The pixel art is amazing. It yeah. is, it is, but we were just talking about how every element could be a... How about that Nino Kuni 8.5, How about that Nino Kuni? Do you need HDR in uh, in uh, Owlboy to make it better? Would, would that make it better? And Nino Kuni... How mu how, what's the score on that? 85. I don't see it. 85? I can't... <laughs> Yeah, like Nino Kuni, like Nino Kuni, Nino Kuni Two. It, it, it's ah man, it's mediocre, man. It, I, I think it's like a five, a seven ish, somewhere around there, seven ish. But that's not bad. I mean, compared to, you know, the the other scores that I see on here that are getting like nines and stuff like that. But yeah, it's it's a, it has some issues. But if it's I do, not made I do. by Nintendo, so in def in defense of some games, though, I feel like. We do live in an era of video games now where 
video game releases by nature are rarer. Although we do get, don't get me wrong, we do get like 40 games a day on Steam. But that doesn't count as like what we have as, you know, our console systems. We have like good games coming out, but it's not like when it was the PS2 era or the PlayStation 1 where there was like every Friday there'd be like 10 to 15 brand new games coming out. We have had like the PlayStation 3 and the Xbox 360 era past but you know now we do live in an era where games maybe take a lot longer they cost a lot more money to make and it takes a while for them to come out we but a lot of games come out they're they're pretty fucking good we it's not like last year was amazing year for games and this year you know we've had monster now we've got god of war we've had like celeste um you know even like games like nino cooney like solid 8 out Into of 10 games you know maybe so maybe you won't play them I, I i went back a few years the legend of zelda skyward sword is still sitting at a 93 on metacritic <laughs> damn that, yeah. that nintendo love right there wait what is breath of the wild on because like is breath of the wild lower than 93 because that's like I'm pretty oh. sure Breath of the Wild is one of the highest of all... 97, yeah, on the Switch version. Wii U is a mere 96. Oh, it, it, it's too late. You can't fix this. You can't fix this. It's, yeah, it's already can. broken. You, you just mm. you, t- you go to a reviewer or a person or friends that you like, and you, you know, ask them how the game is. That's, that's how you buy games, you know? Yeah. I should have done that's that before I bought Final be... Fantasy 15 because... And- God. You you also gotta ask after some time has passed when when retrospect has kicked in, and uh, people can fairly judge the longer tail of your your sixty dollar um, mm. two weeks worth of gasoline purchase. I think it's one of those things where obviously we live in a very opinionated internet world now, so obviously everyone has varying opinions anyway, which makes it harder to yeah. be a critic by nature because everyone's a fucking critic. But like, yeah. I, but also, it's not hard to be a critic by nature. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I, I, I there, can there, say personally there, from experience. There, there are some people out there who have very well reasoned and excellent breakdowns and arguments as to their opinions, which I think is good writing. But being a critic, you know, you can give a score to anything after you've tried it. But giving good reasons is is very different. Um, and there are people out there who write for you know some of the major websites who do a really good job of that. But in terms of, like, us, <laughs> the paparaviglies <laughs> of the world, <laughs> you know, we have opinions. Like, this year alone, I feel like we've had, you know, Monster Underworld, Celeste, and Into the Breach. And I would I would be like, in my, in my joyous, oh my god, video games are fucking amazing, I would give all three of them a 10 out of 10. But if I was to, like, look at them realistically and break them down, well, Monster Hunter is like, there's no story. Well, there is a story, but it's, it's disgustingly it's just garbage. It's awful. Nothing happens there. You know, it, it, it it's the most approachable Monster Hunter so far, but, you know, it's still got problems. There's so many menus and the text is too small. Celeste, this is a great game, but it gets too hard. The besides, like, the tail end of it is not so mm. great. And then into I, the I just breach. felt like the whole experience in general was like not innovative enough. That's something I look for in my like ten out of tens too. Like, does it yeah. do something? Whereas new? into the breach is in- innovative, replayable, and is intense as fuck. 
So Into the Breach, mm-hmm. I would be like, the only game I've played so far this year, I think Into the Breach is probably like a 10 out of 10. If I, if we, Into the Breach if we go, If we're going by thoroughly impressed easy, easy 10 out of 10s, I think Into the Breach gets the easy 10 out of 10. But if you, if you, if you really be uh, but, well, knuckling did you down just say it. the words easy and 10 out of 10 in the same sentence? Because that shouldn't be the case either. Into the Breach had something like a four-year development cycle of them chiseling out a no, lot no, no, of features no, no, they no, thought was no, cool. No, 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 As in the, the, the easy giving of 10 out of 10 world we live in. You know, God of War getting 10 out of 10, Breath of the Wild getting 10 out of 10, Mario Odyssey getting 10 out of 10. Like everything getting 10 out of 10. If everything's getting 10 out of 10, then by Jove... Into the Breach deserves a 10 out of 10. Not that Into the Breach is an easy 10 out of 10, obviously, in terms of its gameplay. That took a long way to craft. It's at a perfect 9 out of 10 on Metacritic right now. It's Fucking abomination. I know. Do I even live? <laughs> I'm jumping out the window right now. And not to extend the talk even more, but I, I think some of these 10 out of 10s might be because the time that it came out and what was it, it was bringing something new to the table, like Little Big Planet getting on 95. I see here. Yeah, like, that's just because it was like brand new. It you was know, like the only platformer. Like 10 out of 10. <laughs> but at the time, it was just like, wow, there's this new experience like. The 10 out of 10, like, kind of means, like, oh, go play this. This is fun. This is new. You know, and not I, the new whatever at the time that was. I I also think that the time of the hype cycle and, and being a part of the community, like, talking about a, a cool new thing that comes out actually does have a real measurable effect on review scores as well. Mm. And I don't know if games are more fun to play during launch week or not. But the the community experience of like finding things out together and like sharing hype together can yeah. be a lot more fun than waiting. That's However, I feel shows. like waiting yeah. is the more mature, responsible option. I like hype. If you like but saving it, your money. But at the end of the day, I made the decision to podcast like we're going back, you know, two weeks ago that I wanted to play God of War. And this was before the reviews came out, based on what I'd seen of the game and what appealed to me. And then mm-hmm. it's almost when something happens, like go to the war game 10 out of 10s, it's almost where it just reinforces the opinion you already came to. Which can be okay, because then you're like, haha, I'm so smart. I knew this game would be great from the gifts I saw on the internet. I'm a genius. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> watch uh, the Super Bunny Hop review of Rainbow Six Siege to... Uh see me find a 10 out of 10 before other reviewers could. Yeah, you know, Rainbow Six Siege, <laughs> let's say, like, Oof. between 6 and 12 months after launch, that thing quickly became my favorite multiplayer game of all time. It, it absolutely, it knew it needed no real story. Whatever story was there were just, like, fun little backstory hints behind the characters. It uh, knew how to also elegantly and smartly make, like, gameplay that added innovative new features to a classic tried-and-true 5v5 tactical shooter design. It, it perfectly appealed to my particular weird George taste. I was a huge fan of Counter-Strike during most of my life up until Siege came out, basically, and more or less obsoleted it by appealing to a lot of the same um, parts of my brain. Uh, nowadays, the game's a lot messier, a lot rougher, but... I still feel like that is a very strange example to call back on now because that game's ever-changing and the quality of it ever changes from 
if you want to attempt to slap a number on the thing and, and if you want to attempt to boil down all of its merits into one number and uh, not let it speak on its own, then that thing has like gone from, I think, an objective 7.5 to an objective like at least 8.5 at the highest. However, when you factor in the stuff that I'm looking for, it was totally a 10 out of 10 for me for a good long while. Hmm. Uh, well, you know, it's obviously something we can't solve, and people are going to have incredibly heated debates or difference of opinions. Oh my god, it's been 50 minutes. Oh my god. Oh my god. They're wasting their time, and then they're going to waste my time. Oh my god! <laughs> oh god, the train wreck is happening. Yeah, yeah. Alright, so you what do we... in Italian. Train wreck. Good! Nice Italian. Can I just, can I just quickly, to segue? Yeah. I, I, won't, I won't stay on this topic for too long. I'll tell you what isn't a 10 out of 10. Pacific Rim Uprising. Oh no! Don't say that. Don't that say that a, to me. That ain't that ain't a ten out of ten. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. And you know what, Matt? It didn't matter. That movie is like a six out of ten max, and I still liked it. Okay, so it's it's a, it's a Ready Player One. Okay, okay. As it's long essentially as it's a Ready Player One. I'm okay with that. It's okay garbage, but it's garbage with robots in it. Yes, yes. That's I just want to see cool stuff. At, sometimes but, you're okay with seeing some garbage. You know? But I don't know how or if Ready Player One handled memes, internet memes at all. But Pacific Rim tries a few times, and fuck it for trying, because fuck that bullshit being in movies. I'll let you watch the <laughs> film to find out, but you'll all know what I'm talking about when you've seen it, because fuck that noise. Anyway. Oh. So... So what's Pacific Rim Uprising? It's it's the second Pacific Rim film, not with Del Toro involved, which is a sad, sad prospect. But I tell I tell you what, actually, the the pacing is like at a thousand miles per hour, which is it is awful. It jumps from plot line to plot line, introducing characters for two seconds and then like they come in at the end of the movie to do shit it, it is bad it's it's a bad movie but John Boyega is actually pretty good like we, we've only really seen him in yes. Star Wars and he's in Attack of the Block but I haven't seen that but it, it, he's the he's easily carrying this movie he's good he's genuinely good he's a good actor He's actually very convincing, and he—he's one of those people where he's almost playing himself. You can imagine, like in yeah. Star Wars, he's playing himself but with an American accent. In this, he gets to be British, so he's—he's he's basically just John Boyega, and John Boyega is a likable guy. So yeah, he's pretty good in this film. He definitely carries it compared to everyone else in this film, who is fucking garbage. There's so bad acting in this <laughs> film. Like the first one had the terrible acting too apart from Idris Alba and funny enough Idris Alba is meant to be John Boyega's dad in yes. the so I guess and he's like, also British like father and son he's also yeah. British so if you're gonna watch Pacific Uprising John Boyega's cool robots are cool it, it, but it's garbage it's still good the, though the rise of good black British men 
Hell yeah. That's uh, my favorite DVD that I uh, <laughs> Ooh, bought at the... That sounds a little bit like porno, George. I don't know, Liam. Didn't we see that that whole series? It's soft map next to the the PS Vita section. No, 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 George, <laughs> George, George, you're confusing the black men for small, small, childlike Japanese women. Uh, <laughs> I, d- I don't know if you uh, had like a filter on. So no footer for footer me. Wait, what? What did? Did you just start speaking Italian? <laughs> I'm gonna get this right. This is what I'm gonna learn. Suno futu futu tomiti finito. Suno futu tomiti finito. That's like the only thing I know how to say now. <laughs> I I think finito that means like done. Done. Yeah, of it course. It changes. Like the word changes as you add more stuff. See, the English language is quite terrible written, but man. These everything changes when when you have a sentence compared to the reg, uh, the word being just by itself. Oh, oh the God. grammar is complicated. Uh, oh, uh, I can't I can't learn. I'm a. Mm, mm. I mean, you could be like one of those kids who takes Latin, so so that you can say that that'll make you learn all the European languages faster. The the, the Romance languages. Ooh, the romance. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. The girls, that's what that means. I know Italian, <laughs> ladies. Oh, <laughs> give it, give us some of your uh, sexy <clears throat> Italian, Matt. Uh, Suno. Uh, <laughs> no, what's <laughs> <laughs> No, I don't. Let me I don't, I don't think you get. I was redos. gonna put something in really bad. <laughs> <laughs> let's 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 say that uh, um, you're 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 dating a girl who just found out about how successful and cool your podcast is. So and, no one and you ever. wanted to swoo her over. <laughs> Would you like to? <laughs> I hope it's like oh, go God. home and play Nino Kuni with me. No, this is this is this is. These words are getting ridiculous now. No, I'm no, just, like, let's do it. Let's do it. Thing. Melt our hearts. Would, like, would you like to go out? Is like this ridiculous. What? See. Did. Did I. What? <laughs> what? What? That's What's not the Italian. One word What's a one. Ladies, what would you like a guy. One word. <laughs> you like a guy to say. <laughs> I know they listen. There's some out there. Are we allowed to see- get nude in your apartment? <laughs> and then I would like it. And then she will say, just no. Oh, nude. Oh, that would. This one gets. Oh. Okay. Apartamento. It's TMO. <laughs> it's TMO. It, 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 it's what a... TMO is it, Matt? Que TMO esta? <laughs> no, this is Italian. Oh. Forget it. We're, we're, we're forgetting a bit. <laughs> There's no way I can say this. You guys put this in. Really? You don't want to tell them? Voglio giacare a super hot con te. <laughs> what does that mean? 
I want to play super hot with you. <laughs> no. What's something what's something elegant that to That's tell a woman? not elegant? Oh No, it's not. It's not. It's not. There's gotta be something I can translate that's not so bad. <laughs> Can you translate? Can you what translate? God of War games. is a ten out of ten in in Italian. Golly video gochi ti piaccio, piacciono. God of War è un ten su ten. Se un dieci, se dieci. That's a good one. Dieci, dieci. So you got to be careful with that one. <laughs> This one you can leave it. Se un because it's topical. Se un dieci su dieci. You are a ten out of a ten, ladies. Oh, hey. nice, nice. <laughs> I would like just the the break just to happen. Ooh, nice, nice, nice. I had to, I had to think about that Very one nice. for a second. So now that I've edited out the most awkward silences that there have ever been here on the Dad and Sons podcast, where <laughs> with, with typing in the background, where, where we get. Yes, we're we're very simpatico here at Dad and Sons. Um, Liam, I couldn't help but notice that you've been you've been lurking my streams. I have because because you. First of all, obviously, I love my friends, truly. Mm, mm. So te amore. I was being like that guy where all my friends are having a party. Now I, I was not invited. So I creeped through the window. Well, how could you not? not but so I creeped I, in. I, I would invite you if I could. I creeped in through the window and I watched from afar. Whoa. Afar yeah. being like 5,000 miles or something. But you're allowed to. Yeah. And I watched you guys play VR. Well, technically, I was I was recording another podcast at the same time. And then Matt disappeared when I tuned back in. So technically, I saw Matt for like five minutes as he tried uh. to defuse the bomb. That was hilarious. But then I watched oh, you guys yeah. For... play like Wipeout and shit, and I got really jealous because yeah. that was really cool. And stop making me want VR! For for listeners who don't know, I've been doing a series of VR streams. Uh, by the time this podcast is out, my amazing next idea will be out in the wild, and that is me playing super hot VR with just rad 80s synth tunes playing in the background for hours. Just kind of a chill-out background music stream in which I uh, fully realize the cyberpunk dystopia becoming uh, uh, real. Um... On last Friday, I had Matt over. We played um, Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes, a VR game in which a VR player is trying to defuse a bomb with uh, their headset. They are blinded to the other players who are shouting instructions at them from manuals that include which wires on the bomb to cut, which, uh, which big flashing buttons to press in what order. Um, that's That's a very high concept game there's uh like not a whole lot of uh graphics work was done outside of the menu yeah outside of the manual i mean where where things get creative and interesting it's it's a very very proof of concept game much like uh the one we switched to afterwards which which is called vr the diner duo that's the actual name of, of the next game we got to and and matt you had some words about it 
Of of which one? VR the Diner Duo. Oh, 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 you're talking about the, oh, you pay $15 for that crappy game. Yes, 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 yes. All right. It's not yet. Yeah, you, you, you got ripped off a little bit. Like, as soon as you go in, if anyone has played a lot of VR, you, you, you kind of know the bar of what's, what's like polished. You, 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 you could feel it. You could kind Even of... on, on PlayStation, there's a lot of Unity proof of concept stuff, which I think Keep Talking actually falls into. Keep Talking might just be a more fun concept. Not for $15, George. Not... Okay, so VR the Diner Duo is a game that combines the cooking minigame from Job Simulator with a asymmetrical multiplayer, let's call it an experience. One player is a waiter running food, they With have one, one button, button on their controller and a movement stick. The other player is jerked into the fun zone where they get to sling around hamburgers in a little virtual cook station. There's a lot more going on for the VR player than the TV player. And I guess if you, like, have a friend who doesn't play video games, an old grandpa who, um, you know, d doesn't want to deal with all those other buttons on the controller, just the one, it might work. However, if you have a room full of cool dudes like us who know our video games, Matt was uh, vocally unimpressed, as were <laughs> well, the like, room. Uh, I don't know if it had something to do about the PSVR or I wasn't playing on like the Oculus or the Vive, but if I'm not Ooh. looking at something that I'm grabbing, it just kind of doesn't grab it and it kind of annoys me. It takes me out of the experience. I, I, I don't know if it was the game, so I'm not going to trash the game, but you could kind of feel like if you try to grab something, it just doesn't grab it, even if you're looking at it sometimes. And uh, there was times where the plate would glitch out and I wouldn't be able to grab the plate with the burger on it and hand it to you. There was stuff when I was trying to grab like the buns at the bottom and then the game started to go full dumb and everything started to disappear. So I was well, trying to put some burgers to fry, and it would just... Item spawned in. And it will just disappear. It's absolutely... There's, so, so when it comes to motion tracking, there's a lot of technical issues with the PSVR. You gotta, like, get a feel for the sweet spot you're supposed to stand in in the room. Uh, well, but, but however, Matt, what motion tracking, I think we can both agree, is pretty garbo on the PSVR. But what about that headset? All right, so so for the headset, the, the headset was actually okay. The, yeah! the, screen door, the screen door effect was actually quite nice. Three hundred dollars um, justified. I don't think so, but uh, he's not hearing me, so it's fine. Um, oh, I feel so good. Yeah, he's he's not here. No, no, it's it's not worth it. Get get an Oculus for three fifty or. I'm five. so glad Matt agrees with me. Yes, he he. Mhm, mm mhm. Mm oh, so Ooh, yeah. So now that yeah, I've the, done my lap. PSVR is back, great. Um, yeah, uh, I know. Right? The headset, the headset actually doesn't have that bad of a screen door effect compared to the Oculus or Vive. It's still there. It's just it's still minimal. there. It 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 just it it kind of melts a little bit. Kind of like um, when when the screen gets bright, it, the pixels bloom together. Yeah, know. yeah. The like, dark, like if the cheese is it, melting, though. you know, and it's it's you know a little <laughs> bit off the sides or are creasing together. Yeah. So that that that's uh that that was actually not too bad. 
it, it it doesn't have like the frame rate is just a little off for me um it's not as like clean like i feel like when i put on the oculus soda vive it's just it's just clean you just don't have to worry about frame rate whatsoever and I, i'm, yeah, I'm I sure that's a limitation from the psvr PS4. hits that 90 hertz until you like start hacking it on a pc yeah it's, it's capable of high refresh rates but when you crank it up weird stuff starts happening I'll be experimenting with that over the next couple months. Yeah, the the hands start to vibrate a little bit, a little little frame rate uh, drop on on those hand movements. Yeah, That's the hands track at a lower refresh rate than the hand, than your head does, which is just weird. So, you know what? A lot of first party Sony games built for this hardware do is employ a lot of interpolation on that hand tracking to make it appear smoother than it's really tracking you with. They'll make the um, collision detection for your grabbable objects have freaking huge hitboxes, so you don't even have to be that precise with uh, grabbing stuff. And um, for PC ports, PSVR tracking is, is a mess. For a lot of the first party stuff made for it, you can, uh, they, you, you can see, especially when you compare with the PC ports, a lot of the tricks they employ to deal with it, so to speak. Liam? Yes. Oh, okay. Just checking if you're there. Well, on, <laughs> you, you could say I am, but I'm really not. <laughs> I would love for us to have like a video podcast. And just, I just you would just see, see me visually how Liam you looks would, when we talk about VR. All you would have saw is me staring at pictures of the newly announced Castlevania Grimoire of Souls for iPhone. Uh, that is a new Castlevania game that is a uh, four-player competitive multiplayer Castlevania game. Uh, but uh, uh, but anyway, enough of Konami being disgusting. Pretty much all I heard was VR, 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 VR. <laughs> I can just imagine, like, Leo just taking out his phone as soon as we mentioned VR. He just, like, just takes out his phone. I was like, oh, it's, oh, it's that time. He's back in his chair. It's break time. Puts his feet on the table. I'm off the clock. <laughs> I just imagine something like giant bomb, like, just, like, uh, the cameras are on the top. <laughs> it's, just, it's just focused on me and George for, like, the 30 just minutes. On and then Liam it just turns like over to Liam. the catering table. Yes. We're just like yeah. eating pizza, just like, oh, you guys are finished? Oh, cool, okay. I don't know. I I, I think eating pizza with, uh, combining that with your profession can lead to quite the fulfilling human experience. So. Oh, pizza you, you now. You guys have seen that uh, gif going around of the, the pole dancer just like munching down on her pizza while, I while, did while see dollars that. are getting thrown her way. Yeah, I did see that. She, she's living the life. She was living the life. What? I'm looking this up. Um, I will uh, send you a link, Matt. And while you <laughs> while you enjoy this uh, fun meme that uh, all the all the normies out there wow, are giggling along link. with us, will that was a real quick link. Dude got I, it I got I got my girls on bookmarks. Oh my god! <laughs> How does she keep that figure? Eating a big old uh, slice cardio. of pizza like that. She plays a lot of super. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> the money! <laughs> Making money. She's not even phased. <laughs> the 
money just the money just the money cloud just pops her in the face oh my gosh oh dude what is this she okay. truly has <laughs> made it <laughs> Snake, riesci a sentirmi, colonnello? Forte e chiaro. Qual è la situazione, Snake? Sembra che l'ascensore sul retro sia l'unico modo per salire. Me lo aspettavo. Dovrai utilizzare quello per raggiungere la superficie. Fai in modo che nessuno ti veda. Se hai bisogno, contattami via codec. La frequenza è 140.85. Quando vuoi usare il codec, premi il tasto selezione. Quando invece saremo noi a contattarti, il codec emetterà un segnale. Quando sentirai il segnale, dovrai premere il tasto selezione. Il ricevitore del codec stimola direttamente gli ossicini all'interno del tuo orecchio. Solamente tu potrai sentire i messaggi. Ho capito. Ok, sono pronto. Si un dieci, un dieci. Please, um, um, men... That's for you. You are a 10 out of 10. I left you out last time. Just wanted to bring you back in. Today, no 8.8's here. Yeah. We have some news. George, bring us in. Uh, so your news this week is that um, uh, April 20th, you know, the uh, infamous 420 is going to be blazing it out with a lot of cool releases for some reason this time. I'm pretty sure this is just coincidence. It's a Friday at the uh, end of um, the winter drought, which had really good releases for some reason. But um, we got God of War coming out the same day as Nintendo Labo. The same Labo. day as... Blah, 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 blah. The same do you, day do as... Do you say laboratory? I don't know. It's Labo. I've never laboratory. had to like, put together those symbols. So wait, that's what it stands for? Yeah, it's a Japanese like. Well, obviously, Labo is can be short for like laboratory lab, but also in Japan, Labo can be short for laboratory in Katakana Labo. Huh. That's what that's it stands for. fascinating because my first guess was that it had some Greek etymology relating to dogs. No, it's just laboratory, like experimenting with pieces of cardboard. It's a laboratory, nice. I guess. So. Cool, that explains that weird name. Fun facts, I legitimately didn't know. That's why they call it that. Uh, on an, the, uno, the unofficial level, El Dorito comes out, spelled D-E-W-R-I-T-O. This is a unofficial kind of mod project that might get cease and desisted any minute now. Uh, it's a PC port of Halo 3's multiplayer that was released to the public in Russia that was also eventually canceled as a pay-to-win version of, of Halo 3 on PC. But um, just like the uh, Project Cartographer release of Halo 2, you're going to get more or less a playable, like, functional, quality-of-life-rich uh, port of a classic Halo game that is completely fan-made. Um, and also, Yakuza 6 comes out on 422? No, it comes out today. Today. Oh. oh, oh, oh. Today. <laughs> well, then it's not a 420, is it? No, no, but you you didn't read the memo. <laughs> oh, wait, it's actually up today. Wait a second. <laughs> okay, I want to paint the picture for Don't our humble listeners here. Don't you fucking dare. Otherwise, I'll yes, send the Yakuza after you. They deserve <laughs> to know the truth. 
And the truth is that I did forget Yakuza 6 was coming out this week, and Liam wrote on our outline in all capital letters with, like, a sad face at the end, YOU FORGOT YAKUZA 6! So then I wrote, oh yeah, Yakuza 6, I totally remembered. And then now, like, like I don't know how long ago that edit to the Two outline was ago. made, but now it says, oh wait, it's actually out today. <laughs> hmm. You still forgot. Uh, so next up we got EA admitting that they got it wrong on Battlefield microtransactions. Or Battlefront, rather. Battlefront 2 in particular. I the, mean... Uh, 2018 kudos one, not EA, kudos for uh, congratulations. 2017. Well done, round of applause. Every uh, fuck off. Late. Yeah. So we got EA design officer Patrick Patrick Sutherland explaining we had the intent that it was designed for us to have more people play it over a long period of time. Oh my god! Like a lot of other games on the market, to be able to afford to do that, we had an idea of getting returns from that, but at the same time, we got it wrong. <laughs> What? How about you make compelling gameplay instead of a not very compelling microtransaction loop? How about you make a 10 out of 10 Star Wars game that just like sells like 10 million copies? You, you'll make more money than pissing everyone off and having terrible there is, transactions. There is a reason Counter-Strike and Rainbow Six Siege and Overwatch have been able to do this and Battlefront has not been able to do this. And I'm pretty sure it has more to do with your like how much time and budget and freedom you give your game design department, not your art department for their microtransaction skins. That's not what, what gets people compelled to give you your long tail lasting revenue stream, Mr. Soderland. Uh, he further goes on to say, quote, People seem to appreciate what we've done. Players are coming back and we're seeing stronger engagement numbers. People seem to think that for the most part we got it right. No, that is wrong. Wow. If you Google search for... Actually, let's try it right now because I'm pretty sure the public opinion on this game is still very, very negative. Star Wars Battlefront 2. Uh, first result is this very news story. Uh, third result is Wikipedia. First result is the... First Google official result before below the news links is their website. This is all news about microtransactions. Um, I wonder what their uh, forums look like. Uh, so Soderland goes on to say, "Quote: This doesn't mean we'll stop. We'll continue to improve the game. We'll continue to push on these things. We'll have to be very cautious with what it means for future products." Which is what everyone also knew as soon as they just flipped the light switch and did their quick and dirty switch over to turning the transactions off during the worst of their PR disaster, which is that it's going to come back. This is going to happen again. Unless, like, real ass either regulations or the PR gets so bad, partially because of regulations and because of this stuff becoming borderline illegal, as it is in China and South Korea... I, I can't necessarily see it going away in this, like, hyper-capitalist, laissez-faire nightmare that uh, American companies are are living in, in which they're allowed to exploit people all sorts of which ways. Uh, quote, I'd be lying to you if I said that what's happened with Battlefront and what's happened with everything surrounding loot boxes and these things haven't had an effect on EA as a company, an effect on us as management. Soderlund explained that's true because it had a stock, a stock price uh, drop as a very direct result of the negative PR 
they got from their microtransaction scheme in Battlefront 2. He says, we can shy away from it and pretend like it didn't happen, or we can act responsibly and realize that we made some mistakes and try to rectify those mistakes and learn from them. And if that's true, then you would start seeing a lot more creative electronic arts games coming out that play it a lot safer with the microtransactions and have a lot more solid of a gameplay loop compelling people to keep playing them rather than them for some reason banking on microtransactions getting whales to keep playing their game. Is this like an old story? Why are they saying this now? This is like six. This came out six months ago, right? Because uh, it's the end of the financial physical changes. year. It's the end uh, of the financial physical yeah. year. He has to promise in some shape or form to do better because of the negative press last year. And just spewing bullshit out because no one gives a shit about Battlefield Battlefront 2 anymore is easy. Is, ah, well, investors yeah. do. Yeah, of course. And uh, they're going to be getting their, their letters in the mail explaining video game numbers that they don't know and they're going to be googling these games and they're going to want to feel reassured in their investment and uh any any nope. further opinions before we no. move on to the next hot scandal no. Ooh. no next hot scandal is that the infamous many would argue villainous billy mitchell has finally had his Donkey Kong records removed from Twin Galaxy, Pac-Man as well, but Donkey Kong, I believe, has been a major point of contention ever since the 2000, uh, was it 10 or 9 documentary? Uh, in which you can watch Billy Mitchell submit a fishy-looking video to a competition to compete with a guy who drove out to an arcade with his family to, uh, be there and, and settle the score literally to an audience, whereas Billy Mitchell proved to do it at home uh, with a video that had strange scan lines covering up the score for a bit that got edited out and cut with some old rickety VHS tapes that do not really hold up to modern scrutiny. It has evidently been revealed since that he actually used an emulator for some scores that he submitted. Twin Galaxies, which has had their reputation absolutely tank over the past year after a uh, previous record holder was found out to be fibbing their scores has uh, slashed off Billy Mitchell's records for Donkey Kong and Pac-Man. They are an official source of verification for the Guinness Book of World Records, which kids should also verify that the Guinness Book of World Records is just fun, light reading. If you want, if you want to learn about the real science behind extraordinary uh, extremes of the world, you'd probably be better off reading Wikipedia than that. But um, the Guinness Book of World Records is no longer going to regard Billy Mitchell's scores. Um, Twin Galaxies is not going to be regarding Billy Mitchell's scores. Uh, they uh, say that they're going to monitor high-score gaming records and handle all disputes uh, within the community. And the titles like, like Mr. Mitchell's scores on Donkey Kong have been disqualified due to uh, Twin Galaxies. Um, 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 uh, S-tier verification methods proving proving them false. Whereas Billy Mitchell himself says that no, an info packet is going to be released, proving his innocence and explaining everything. There was an extremely strange, a barely even one minute statement that Billy Mitchell released on video to a camera he pointed his face at and talked to, uh, in which he says at the Midwest Gaming Classic, which is a convention that he is also affiliated with in an official capacity. 
He says, hi, I'm Billy Mitchell. We're here at the Midwest Gaming Classic. I'm here with Old School Gamer Magazine, and I've been asked to address things that are recently in the media. The fact of the matter is that now there is a true professional due diligence being done to investigate things that happened as far as 35 years ago. I believe professional due diligence has been employed to investigate his scores and have found them false, but he continues to say, quote, in a professional manner, not in a shock jock mentality designed to create hits. Because, as we all know, this is a mainstream thing that a lot of people care about in the world. <laughs> our, 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 like, Midwestern dads hanging around these crusty old arcades playing games that were relevant from 30 years ago set in the scores. I mean, here at the, the Dad and Sons podcast, we, uh, we probably care more than normal people, but I doubt this is a story that is exactly one that can even be framed in a shock shock mentality designed to create hits. Regardless, Billy Mitchell says that he will show that everything has been done, everything has been done professionally, according to the rules, according to the scoreboard, the integrity that was set up, when it was not when, when it was breaking the rules for him to be using an emulator in the first place one thing that really strikes me weird about this manifesto is that he says not 2014 forward by the current regime who wants to reach back 35 years which strikes me as weird because a lot of these revelations were made in the past year i i believe we were doing the dad and sons podcast not the tovg podcast when, um... What's that? That guy with his Atari uh, 2600 scores got found out. Hang on, I'm gonna look up the yeah, name that was behind us. that. Because that was that real was, video was game us. journalism. Uh, Twin Galaxies scores... If anything... Impossible. If anything, this is, like, even better. Because, really, who gives Todd a Rogers. fuck about <laughs> scores now? And, two... This just adds to his villain persona. It makes him even more villainy, which is like his to make his MO. hot sauce spicier. Which is like his like whole brand. His whole MO is looking like a weird ass uh, villain. He he's so notorious as a cheating villain like character that there's an episode of the regular show where he they have like a character that looks exactly like him and he's just a giant head with stubby arms and legs, no torso, whatever, that plays arcade games and cheats at them. Like, it just adds to his persona, I mean, which is kind of a good thing. You said, like, that no one gives a shit about scores these days, but I think one of the most important dimensions to these stories is that nowadays competitive gaming has become so much more of an industry that people can live stream their record-breaking oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. scores but we're talking in about, front like... of everyone live. Yeah, we're talking... And Twin Galaxies has not adopted those modern methods mm. of rock-solid-ass video-proof verification, which is why we're now seeing this old empire crumble before our very eyes. And yeah, it was January 2018 when they started slashing up the scores of Todd Rogers, which only happened after YouTubers were like compiling evidence of the fact that you couldn't even achieve the scores he was reporting that Twin Galaxies was verifying and officially listing in their records for Atari games that he evidently was not as good at as he claimed he was. And this just seems like the same exact thing happening over again, except with a higher profile personality. Well, since he's the ultimate high school holder, you know, he's in a movie 
about it, and, but the movie portrays him yeah. as a villain. So this just adds to his villain persona. Which I think they just stumbled fine. into. They didn't want him to be a villain. That's just it's the series it's who of he is. that happened. It's who he is. Uh, so he further goes on to say that, quote, everything will be transparent. Everything will be available. I wish I had it in my hands right now. I wish I could hand it to you, but it's taken a considerable amount of time, witnesses, and documents. Everything will be made available to you. Nothing will be withheld. You absolutely have my commitment to that. We've been at this since 1982, and it's not going to stop now. I don't believe you. I don't believe you. That is just my, like, simple, quick response to that, is that I don't think witnesses are going to be proving much at this point. Todd Rogers' scores were corroborated by witnesses, and they were found to be bullshit. The one thing that could prove it is a raw, unedited video of, not, not just of the screen, but of Billy Mitchell standing in front of an arcade cabinet accomplishing these high scores all in one take. Because that is how it's done now, and that is a foolproof fucking method of... It. Uh, sorry, I care way too much about, like, the integrity of competitive video <laughs> Matt's, gaming, Matt's, don't I? Matt's, Matt's probably asleep. I, the guy looks like a douchebag. Yeah, he well, does, I mean, right? that's not valid, but I... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you can't just end it at that. I mean, he looks like a villain. He's acted like a villain. He's in a movie that makes him look like a villain. This is just, like, another chapter in his villainous story. Just, just let him be a villain. Alright. Speaking <laughs> of villains, fuck you, Liam. How are you going to embarrass us this week on Guess That Game or something? Roll music. Wow, or something. So, George, you did extremely well uh, chiming no. in with... Um, <laughs> some quotes after Armageddon and Star Wars with the Spec Ops of the Line last time. Spoilers if you're uh, working yourself backwards. Why would you do that? But okay. Um, yeah. And we have another I, I, I don't know whether this is Another too... glaringly obvious one that yeah. I'm gonna miss until the most I... obvious clue of all. This is what I'm hoping. This is what I'm hoping. I'm hoping this is one. We've had lots of more obscure ones, which is, I guess, fine. But... I'm probably not going to use them. But this one, this beautiful, beautiful one, comes from ZM Dumpbox. <laughs> Thanks, Dumpbox. Thanks, Thanks for Dumpbox. dumping it in our box. Thanks for dumping it in our box. Um, he, he, he's he's going to throw in a suggestion or something. It's it's one of his favorite pieces of entertainment. So that's a, like a clue in itself. Anyway, for anyone who doesn't know, this is the Guess the Game portion of the show where... We have some clues from listeners for uh, about a game name, and Matt and George have to chime in after each clue and guess what that game is. They or are something. both pretty bad at it, which is funny. But I wonder if you guys that's, will do any better this time. Want, as proven by numbers, it's true. I mean, yeah. there's only one you haven't gotten until after. The five was clues. That that's during the practice podcast? No, that was Kid Icarus, wasn't it? Wait, no, I think I got Kid Icarus. Did you? Eventually. Wow. I was Pauline that we then. never got. Mm-mm. What was the super mm-hmm. obvious? Oh, Skate. Skate 3. Skate 3. Oh, yeah, we that never got Skate. 
Anyway, Wait, I think did Matt the annals the annals of history have passed us. Annals. We have a new future ahead of us, and the future comes in the form of these five clues. If you want to send in your suggestions, please do send them to Dad and Sons Podcast at gmail.com. Figly e papa. Right. Figly e papa at Italian gmail.com. Mm. Gmail.it. Also send in your emails with questions. <laughs> Less, less, less translation and language lessons, more emails. Anyway, Matt, Liam, are you ready? I just want to tell you, si un desi su desi. I'm going to assume that means I love you Dieci. until the end of time. <laughs> Even I know that's... Anyways, I'll keep it to myself. <laughs> does, does let's do it, the... let's do it. Does the licking I'm, of I'm lips have friction. something to do with the translation? Or? No, 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 no. I'm just, uh, you know, uh, dusting my, my shoes off. I'm um, dusting my palms off. I'm doing some stretches. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. So let's get... Feels good. Let's get, let's get into this, mother. Right. Ugh. Clue number one. This game is primarily played in an isometric viewpoint. Okay. Oh, we got a red herring right there. Mm, yeah, that doesn't really narrow it down by much. There's a whole genre of that stuff. That was also like a very, very common style around turn of the millennium. I have no guesses. Matthew? Um, can you repeat the... <laughs> the clue? The thing, the clue. Yeah. The game is primarily played in an isometric oh, viewpoint. No. Mm, um... Oh, um, I'm good. Oh. Uh, is Bastion? No, but that's a pretty good guess, though. Mm. Yeah, you just went right to it. I should have taken the opportunity and like crap shot. Okay, before we go to the next clue, I'm gonna say Diablo two. No, I mean there's like no consequence to getting a wrong guess, right? Well, I don't know. Maybe we can Im impede death. I don't know something. Oh no! Impede Whoa. death? Holy crap! Jesus. All right, I gotta play it real safe. Yeah. Jeez, I didn't know I was part of. I didn't know the cyberpunk dystopia was this real. It's all the. It's a, it's all that VR, dude. It's you all that VR. In VR right We're now, in George. The, you never got out. out. You never left. I somehow <laughs> bought one and joined you. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Next clue. Next. All clue. right, clue number two. The title of the game is part of the title of its very own theme song. Hmm. What? <laughs> now that does narrow it down. <laughs> hmm. That narrows it down, does it? <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to think of isometric games. <gasps> oh! Wait, no, maybe. Isometric games that have a theme song with the title of the game in it. Yeah. <laughs> Transistor. <laughs> <laughs> no, sorry, Matt. That's your clue out the window. Cannon fodder. Bring in death. Oh no, Matt! You died. Oh, you I died. <laughs> Return to last bonfire, which was some Italian words ago. <laughs> I said you were a ten out of ten, Liam. What the hell? <laughs> supposed to mean he something. gave you his compliments. That's why he I'm sending you back to a bonfire, whereas George doesn't have that 
That, that option. All right. So it's not cannon fodder. I don't even think cannon fodder has the words cannon fodder in its song. Is that your guess, George? That's my guess. Okay, so you're both wrong. Let's move on to clue oh, number well, three. I guess I'm dead. Uh, okay, we'll we'll combine we'll combine maybe um, two clues into one here because they're very similar. The game commercially flopped hard, selling only sixty thousand copies worldwide after two <laughs> months of release. <laughs> okay. Released in Boy. the summer of 2013 for the Wii U. Oh, oh that, now th- we can't get it wrong, or we'll, we'll we'll really die. Like the Wii U. Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right, I gotta a guess. Eulogy. <laughs> a wee eulogy. <laughs> I have a guess. I'll start us off by guessing Pikmin three. No, oh, no. that Jesus sold over a million Christ. copies. Yeah. Well, I didn't know that. <laughs> well, you should. Yeah. I think so. Anyway, I remember seeing that somewhere. Mm. How about you, Matthew? Jesus, this is embarrassing. Uh, I think I'm talking out my ass in terms of Pikmin 3. I have no idea what it sold. What? You, you said a year? 2013. 2013. Summer. The summer Which of makes 20- inexcusable for us to get this shit wrong. Like, I'm, I, I, I was a Wii U appreciator. I don't want to say fan or evangelist, hey, I like the but Wii I appreciated U. It's it. It's completely redundant compared to the the Switch because this, you know, the Wii U's gimmick. Everything's getting ported over. Well, it's not even that. It's just it's gimmick. The Switch was 2.0 version with the better better fucking screen and controller. Yeah, yeah. But it was good at the time. I liked it. Just, just throw out a I Wii U title. I, I haven't played a lot of those types of games. So I... I don't know. And Wii U... Oof, I, only, I played Smash. I got it for Smash. <laughs> That's <laughs> it. That's pretty much it. Um, so I'm gonna say next clue, hopefully. Okay, moving yeah. on to clue number four. The development studio that developed this title is well known for developing top-notch action games. Oh my fucking god. Oh god, what is it? It's it's the wonderful 101. It is the wonderful 101. Well done, George. No, no, do not compliment me on that. It's the oh. wonderful 101, developed by Platinum Games. Uh, clue number five was this game's director presented the game's Nintendo Direct trailer in a business suit and tie, which rather went against his more well-known image as a kind of rebel-esque gangster-looking dude, which is Hideki Kamiya, of course. The controllable characters all take their design cues from Tokutsu... Uh, I don't think he wrote that correctly. Tokusatsu. The Power Rangers Sentai-esque characters. Um, Primary has seven characters that all have different color schemes. This is isometric. Wow. Yeah, sixty thousand copies. That is sad because it's a good game. Yeah, that's like, I, I guess I never heard the theme song. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't until I checked it out when I, when I saw this. 
Sono un imondzia. <laughs> was that part of the theme song or Italian? No, I think that was Italian. <laughs> our, our Italian listeners will have fun deciphering that one. All right, so that wraps it up for Dad Thank, Songs thanks, number thanks, 19. Dump, thanks, Dumpbox. Thanks, Dumpbox. Thanks. thanks for your wow. it's clear. If Where, you want to send in clues, remember, yeah. and send us emails, do that. Send it to the Dumpbox at Dad and Sons Podcast Which at gmail.com. Which is truly a Dumpbox. <laughs> Full of, um, what's what's the word again? Imondizia. And remember, se un dieci, su dieci. See. See?